Thanks for tuning in to Africans in Sports. I'm Kosizi, and on this week's episode, we're joined by American Nigerian basketball player Ike Diagu. Ike has spent time in the NBA, overseas, and represented the Nigerian national team. He won gold at the Afro Baskets in 2015, and he was the MVP of the FIBA African Championship in 2017. We hit Phoenix, Arizona to hear all about his story. Check it out. Koki, nice layup. Oh, yes. Diogo slams it down. It's a great honor to be able to represent, you know, almost 200 million people. Made away two is good. Great shot by Diogo. You know, I'm just proud to be one of the pioneers that set into motion, representing Nigeria, playing for Nigeria, and getting this thing turned around to where we all know that it can be. What's up, African sports fans? Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Chris Kosizi-Strong, and today we're in the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona, to sit down with Nigerian basketball player, Ike Diagu. Ike, what's going on, bro? How you doing, man? Nice well, to meet man. you. Well, man, nice to meet you, you too, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thanks How for you having been? me. I've been good, I've been good, man. I can't complain. Yeah? Yeah. Phoenix living, how is it? Phoenix is great, man. You know, uh, I, I went to school here. I went to Arizona State University. Uh-huh. So um, I've been in the Valley since 2002. You know, the city welcomed me with open arms. Um, I uh, went to high school and stuff in Texas. Mm-hmm. So uh, I still run back and forth between Arizona and Texas. Okay. Now, your parents are both born and raised in Nigeria, and they came to the States. Tell me a little bit about your parents and why they came here. Uh, my parents, uh, yeah, my well, all my family is from Nigeria. Even my uh, my brothers um, were born in Nigeria. Uh, my parents uh, uh, immigrated to the U.S. Uh, for education purposes. My dad got a scholarship to the University of Buffalo uh, to uh, study his uh, doctorate degree in philosophy, and uh, came over in 1980, I believe. And uh, we've been in the U.S. ever since. How many siblings do you have? Uh, two older brothers and an older sister. Is everybody? Athletes, or are you the only one? Uh, nah, everybody, uh, all the boys were athletes. Okay. So my brothers played, uh, they played football. Um, one of my brothers played um, at the University of Texas. He was a wide receiver. My other brother was a tight end um, at the University of Tennessee. And coincidentally, um, in 1999, he won the national championship right here in Arizona at Sun Devil Stadium, which I ended oh, wow. up going to school at. So okay, it's pretty okay, cool. yeah. So Arizona got a lot of love for yeah, the Diablos. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up, man. Tell me a little bit about growing up in that, that household. Were you, were you guys a traditional Nigerian family? Yeah, we were a traditional Nigerian family. I tell people all the time that I grew up in the U.S. as a Nigerian. Like, I went to Nigerian church. Mm. Um, the community I was in, you know, I grew up around a lot of people that were just like me that had Nigerian parents. So I used to go to parties all the time. And, you know, I, I grew up around with people who were just like me. It is normal to to come home and not hear people speaking English, music, um, all of that. That's just that was my childhood. So you know, when I left the house is when I you know went to school. You know, got speak English and all that other stuff with my friends. But at home, man, I mean, it was really no difference from if I was in Nigeria, yeah. man, because that's that's how my parents raised me. Take me back to the beginning of this entire basketball journey. Where does it begin? It begins in Garland, Texas. That's where I grew up. I grew up in Garland, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, I originally grew up playing 
football because I wanted to be like my brothers, brother. you know, my brothers were my heroes. So they played football, but I also noticed that um, I was taller than my brothers and I kept getting taller, kept getting taller. Initially, I didn't really like basketball because I really wanted to play football. I wanted to go to the NFL, be a tight end like my brother. Yeah. Um, but just fell in love with the game of basketball, man. And that's where it all started in Garland, Texas. How was it? Was it a natural process for you to just go right into it? No, it wasn't a natural process. Um, I kept getting better year by year. So my sophomore year, I probably averaged like six points. Mm-hmm six rebounds, but then I got invited to this, uh, it was like a little showcase or whatever, because there was a team out of uh, Texas called the Texas Blue Chips, and they, that's, they had all the top prospects, so I got invited to this showcase. Mm-hmm. And when I went there, um, it was like all the top sophomores in the state. It was a young Chris Bosch was there. Yeah. So I'm seeing all these guys, and I'm like, man, uh, I wonder where he's going to school. And I'm talking about Chris. Yeah. And so I went up and talked to him. I was like, man, where are you going to school at? He was like, I got two more years of high school left. I was like, you're a sophomore? <laughs> so that, I mean, the way, when I played in that showcase, that kind of told me like the level that I had to get to, but I also mm. held my own. And so from then on, I was able to get on with that team, played uh, really well on the AAU circuit, got invited to the ABCD camp in New Jersey, which I don't even know if they have that anymore. Um, and then that's when my stock just rose. Mm. You're killing out there. Yeah, but see, every day, man, my coach at the time, Coach Malone, he used to always have me and Chris go against each other head-to-head, just mm-hmm. one-on-ones. That's mm-hmm. what we used to do all the time after school. He used to take us to these grown man leagues, and we were just always battling. If we weren't playing against each other, we were playing with each other. Yeah. So just playing with him, that I just kept... Going up, going up, going up, and then yeah. that's how it happened. So take me back to Garland High and, and how that kind of laid the foundation for your basketball career. Uh, well, Garland High is uh, the place, I guess you could say, that made me um, because I was extremely raw when I came to Garland, and then I left Garland, uh, you know, pretty skilled, mm-hmm. so to speak. So my coaches, Coach Soroy, Coach Harper, you know, they always work with me. Always uh, make sure I stayed in the gym. Um, my teammates, obviously. But yeah, I had a lot of fun at Garland. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun at Garland High, man. Because coming in as a freshman, 6'4", and leaving a senior, 6'9", I mean, I just never would have imagined that I would have made the jump that I made. Yeah. I know most African parents want you to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Were your parents like that? And were they supportive in your basketball um, dreams? Uh, I mean, they were supportive, but it just it wasn't really that serious to them until I guess uh, I started getting all these letters and stuff. Then they started paying attention because for the longest time, uh, my parents didn't really come to my games. So, you know, you see all the other parents at the games and people would always ask, you know, how come your parents don't come to the games? And it's just like, man, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and at the time they were teachers, too. So their time was. Uh, you know, between teaching and grading papers and lesson plans and all that, you know, it just wasn't really a lot of time. But, you know, it never really bothered me, though, yeah. because it was the same way with my older brothers. But um, it was cool when they started coming to the games and, uh, you know, cheering and screaming. That was pretty cool. Sure. I mean, just yeah. having moms and pops in the crowd to be able to see them and feel them. Yeah. feel like it give you an extra little boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So let's go to selection time for college. Mm-hmm. 
You pick Arizona State. Yep. Why? Well, my f- my final five was the University of Connecticut, um, Georgetown University, Seton Hall University, University of Illinois, and Arizona State University. So I went to go see all those places in October, and it was already cold in most of those places. Mm-hmm. And so I came here, and the sun was out. I mean, <laughs> the campus was nice. Yeah. So it was in a good conference at the time. The Pac-10 was good. So it, it was an ch- opportunity to play. So to me, it was, it was a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. I mean, I think uh, all of my um, aunts and stuff, when they found out that Georgetown had offered me a scholarship, so they wanted me to get into the uh, medical field. So mm. they were like, are you going to go to Georgetown? <laughs> but now nah, I ended up going to Arizona State and uh, it was the best decision. What were some of your best moments or favorite moments from just your time at Arizona State? Man, uh, what I tell people the most about Arizona State really was my teammates because mm. those are still my brothers today. I mean, I have a, there's a select group of guys, it's like four of us. Um, I met them when I came here and we're still close to this day. So that, to me, not even the basketball part, that was the best part. It's just meeting guys that are brothers for life. Yeah. Okay, so let's take it to uh, 2005 where it's draft night mm-hmm. and you get drafted. Take me from the beginning of that day to the end of that day. The day started off like any other day. I woke up. Um, I was in Garland at the time at my house. I wasn't even in New York. I decided mm-hmm. to stay in Garland. And uh, went to the gym, worked out, and then... Uh, South Garland, my rival high school, had open gym. So I actually went to go open gym, and I went to go play. Played there. After I finished, it was uh, some small kids that came up to me that were like, hey, um, I thought you put your name in a uh, draft. I said, I did. Well, how come you're not in New York? I was like, because I wanted to be here. And they were like, man, you lying, you lying. And I was like, all right. (laughs) I was like, all right. So I was like, I was like, how about this? I said, come see me tomorrow. If tomorrow I don't get drafted, then I've made like some small bed. And it mm-hmm. was like some small kids. And they were like, yeah, all right, all right. So went back home. My best friend came over at the time. And um, my aunt and my uncle came over. They watched it in the other living room at my house with my mom and my dad. And then I was in the living room with my brother and my best friend. And we watched the draft. Mm-hmm. Got to the number nine pick. I knew that's the highest I could go. Mm-hmm. So the number nine pick, Golden State Warriors select Ike Diago, junior out of Arizona State. Yeah. I've never seen my parents scream so loud. <laughs> and my uncle, who's really reserved, he was happy. So that to me was more exciting than I guess anything else was just seeing how happy everybody else was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I can't even imagine. Yeah. So then the next day you get to fly out to the Bay and then it's, and it's happening. I flew out to the Bay, mate, meet the legendary Chris Mullen, <laughs> Mitch Richmond. Uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool, man. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. What's that, what's that thought process like when you're trying to decide, do I stay in school or do I leave and go to the Bay? Do I get my dream job or do I finish my degree? Well, it is a tough decision, you know, because like I said, my friends, I have been here for the past three years. I mean, we had literally done everything together. We had gone through the fire together. Mm -hmm. And 
all of them were just like, man, like, listen, you gotta go, man. You gotta go. As much as we want you to come back, man, you gotta go. Then I also had another homie. Um, he was from San Jose. He was just a regular student, but uh, he was a guy who I, he was one of my best friends too, who I, who I, who I uh, hung around with all the time. Like, aside from the basketball team, this was the one guy you always saw me with. Yeah. And I talked to him, he said the same thing. He was like, D, man. That's what they call me, D. He mm-hmm. was like, D, selfish reasons, man. I want you to come back so we can have a blast senior year, man. He's like, but you got to go, man. <laughs> and he's from the Bay Area, too. Yep. So he was like, it would be crazy if you went, went to the, the Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe your NBA career moving from that point on? Uh, moving from that point on, I mean, the NBA career, it definitely had its ups and downs. Um, I don't think that I really got to do what I wanted to do in the NBA. Like there was flashes, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously, um, when you get to the business side, there's certain things that, um, <clears throat> you just, uh, you don't really foresee coming in your, in your basketball career. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is that I can, uh, live with myself is, if I got to the NBA and scale wise I wasn't good enough, um, then I could uh, I could be like, yeah, well, you know what, uh, the NBA was just head and shoulders better than me. But since that wasn't the case, you know, I have no regrets at all. Uh, I had some big games in the NBA, yeah. you know. So uh, and then uh, the other thing is, you know, the NBA is not the only league in the world. Right. You know, it, it, it's a lot of good basketball players that aren't in the NBA for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't look at it as a, a demotion because I think before I got to college, that's how I would have seen it as is, mm-hmm. well, I'm not playing in the NBA, so I must not be good enough. But now, you know, it's, it's a lot of good players that aren't playing in the NBA and you can still make a really good living uh, outside of the NBA, you know, that's not the only league that's paying. So in 14 years, you've played for 17 different teams. Mm-hmm. How does that help and hurt you Physically and emotionally. Well, once you get out of the NBA, you know, the security of being able to be in one place is mm-hmm. out the window. Mm-hmm. So once you once you come overseas, for most for the most part, you're, it's, it's, it's a one year deal. So one year you got to show and prove and then, you know, you're going to be on to the next stop. Mm-hmm. So that's just the way the business works. And uh, you got to be able to handle adversity or else, you know, they'll cut you and bring in somebody else. Some contracts aren't guaranteed. So you got to come in, you got to know what you're doing, you got to produce or else they'll bring, or else they'll bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. You know, life, life is always going to throw a curveball at you. I don't know nobody in life. I don't care if you got a billion dollars or whatever that just didn't go through the struggle. Right. So you got to go through the struggle, you know, to reach the top. How often do you get back to Nigeria? Uh, well, since I play with the national team, I go back pretty much every summer okay i'm back in nigeria every summer but um when i'm back um i don't get to see my family members as much because you know we're in lagos um but all my family is back east so um i don't get to travel back there as much but i've been back there a few times been back to the village and seen everybody so Still love every summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, and then I get to represent the national team, which all of our games are televi- uh, televised in Nigeria. So yeah. all of my family members and stuff get to see me, even if I don't get to make it uh, to the village. Speaking of that, what does that mean for you to be able to represent the, the country like that? Man, it's the greatest honor. It's the greatest honor to be able to represent 
you know, almost 200 million people. Growing up, I don't, I can't say that if I ever envisioned um, being able to represent uh, the country of Nigeria like I am, and especially being a captain. So it's uh, the highest honor to me. How did the opportunity come up for you to represent Nigeria? Well, they had always asked me to um, to play, um, but due to um, when I was in the NBA, when I was in the NBA, there was always stuff that I had to do in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And so finally, in 2011, um, I was just like, you know what? I'm playing no matter what. I'm playing no matter what. Because there's also a lot of uncertainty when it comes to representing Nigeria. Like, a lot of teams don't want you to, at least during that time, Mm -hmm. a lot of teams just didn't really feel comfortable with you representing Nigeria for whatever reason. Mm. Uh, Is it safe down there? Is it this? Is it that? So they just would rather you not do that. So take me back to the 2015 Afro Basket Tournament. Mm-hmm. That was that was a, a pretty cool experience for you too. It was a cool experience. It was bittersweet because I was injured during that whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up tearing my calf muscle. Mm. So uh, that was a really, really, really talented team. Probably people will say that was the most talented team that Nigeria has ever put mm. out until last summer. Yeah. Yeah, until last summer. Because that team never really got to see its full potential because I was injured and they still went on to win it. So, yeah, it was uh, it was bittersweet, but it was great to see. It was great to see, man, on the sidelines, man, them just dedicate uh, the victory and the championship uh, to me. Wow. And, yeah, it was big time. That's love. It was big time. So tell me about playing alongside of so many other American Nigerian players on the team. I mean, like I said, you know, they're all like me. Mm-hmm. Grew up the same way, eat the same type of food, and we've all come together for one collective goal, and that is to um, take Nigeria to a heights that it has never seen before on the basketball fo- on right. the basketball floor. When it's all said and done, man, you know, for us to be, you know, right there with the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people think that that's crazy to say, but for me. Now when I see all the talent, now when I see all the talent that we have, you know, Nigeria has never really ever been able to get the best of the best to represent the country. You know, right. the greatest player that ever came from the continent of Africa is Hakeem Olajuwon, who's Nigerian. He mm-hmm. never suited up for the national team. Mm-hmm. So those are the type of things that we want to make sure that we avoid in the future. You know, we want to mm-hmm. have we want to have the Jalils, the Semis, the Al Farouks. Yep. Uh, the Victor Oladipo's, yeah. Andre Iguodala. Need know, that. We wanna, yeah, we want to have all of them playing. Yep. You know, Giannis. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We wanna have, Imagine we wanna that. Have, yeah, we want to have all of them playing for the uh, for the national team. Yeah, we got to make that happen. That team sounds crazy right yeah, there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what <laughs> we're trying to do, man. So, you know, the more we win, the more uh, awareness we raise. Um, I have young guys in my DMs all the time, you know, saying, man, you know, we watch you. We're really, happy. We're, uh, really proud, man. I hope, uh, you know, when I get older to represent... Uh, the national team, and I mean, these are some of the top players, ninth graders, eighth graders. So, you know, we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. What did it mean for you to hold up that Afro Basket Tournament Championship? Did it bring you, did you feel a sense of pride for your country, and did it bring you closer to your country? Yeah, definitely. It, it brought a sense of pride because the year before we got upset by um, Senegal in 2013, and that was just a tough, tough, tough pill right there because we had went through the success of 
uh, coming out of nowhere and qualifying for the Olympics in the 2012 Olympic qualifying tournament, which mm -hmm. no African team has ever done that. Right. So to do that, and then, you know, we go to the African championships, you know, we just finished taking up taking care of these European giants. So there's no way we can go to the African championships and lose. And then we lose by one point mm. to, to Senegal and we don't get to qualify for the world championships. So that was just a whole summer of, you know, just dang, man, I can't believe that we're not gonna be there. So to go through all of that and then to come right back in 2015 and uh, run through the continent of Africa to get that championship, yeah. man, it was great. And that brotherhood bond is a, is a really big deal. I remember seeing something about there was a lack of funding for you guys this past summer, and you guys still made it work. Yeah, we, we, we've come across a lot. We ran into a lot of stuff. You know, nobody, we don't play on the national team for, for any type of glory or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, we play because we want to be here, and we want to get Nigeria to where it has to be. You know, in the league, you got all these first class amenities, just everything is just great. So you can, you know, when you go to your room, you can really duck off into your own world. But with the national team, we don't fly first class. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we might not, in years past, I mean, things are getting better. In years past, we haven't always stayed in the best hotels. So it's like, we've had to just really just come together and be like, man, I know it's like this right now but it's going to be better. It's going to be better. So there's a lot of times we've had to have conversations with one another to talk each other off the ledge. I yeah. mean, there's a couple of times where guys were, didn't know if they really wanted to do it, but we saw the bigger picture and uh, we came together, man, because we've been, we've been in a lot of countries. We spent a lot of time in airports mm -hmm. um, and it hasn't always been great. But then when we look back on it, it's like, man, it, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. You as a pioneer for the Nigerian basketball team, what do you think you've brought to the culture to kind of move it along forward? I think just uh, preparation, the way that we prepare. Um, I think there uh, was a time when essentially, you know, we were just rolling the balls out and just, just playing and just, mm -hmm. just hoping, just, you know, just hoping for the best. And... On the professional level, it takes more than just playing hard. You know, we're all gonna play hard, but I don't wanna say they didn't wanna do it, but they just didn't know. Mm. They just didn't know what to do as far as like really preparing for your opponent. Yeah. And I think that our group collectively, we've done a good job of enforcing and saying, hey, listen, these are all guys that, that, are, that have came from um, winning backgrounds. And so they know what it takes to, be, to win and they know what it takes to be a champion so everybody just throws in their input and then we take it to the top and say hey listen you know in order for us to get to that level that we all want to get to we need x y and z right just the awareness that we've been uh, that we've been raising since the first time i joined the national team to where we are now and to where the national team is going to continue to go it's just been growing by leaps and bounds and uh you know i'm just proud to be one of the pioneers that set into motion um represent Nigeria, playing for Nigeria, and getting this thing turned around to where we all know that it can be. Yes, sir. You just heard it from Nigeria's own, like Diagu, AKA Black, AKA D. Y'all know what it is, man. It's your boy, Coach CZ. This is Africans in Sports. We out of here.